Welcome back, guys. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, listen, today we have a very special guest. You guys know Shoshi with Stanley Brown from TikTok. Uh, Talk WSB. I'm not sure that that's her username. It might be SWB or something. I'm not. Oh, oh my God! I've just worked out that it would be SWB because Shoshi Win Stanley Brown. Oh my God, my life is coming together. Okay, right. Listen, just because I have a guest today doesn't mean that I can't talk about myself for a bit. Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, thanks for asking. I just have a bit of. I'm just got a lot going on right now. Um, not true actually. Right? Mm, yeah, true. Uh. Look at me having a fight with myself. That's fully just what this podcast is. Just me arguing with myself. It's an internal conflict. Um, I get angry. <laughs> um, it's true. If you're wondering why I'm wheezing, I've just been on a walk and smoked three cigarettes. And I'm actually kind of disgusted in myself. Why did I need three? Um, also, I've been a bit sad recently. Uh, you know... And people try and help. They say, you know, have you tried yoga? Weirdly, I don't feel like pretending to be a tree is going to cure my debilitating mental state. People say, uh, you know, if you're insecure, just try not to be. How am I supposed to do that when I have hair like burnt straw? Um, just trying out a couple jokes, guys. I hope that's okay with you. Um, so, Shoshi, she's in my, probably my top three favorite TikTokers of all time. Um, she, you know, I love... Karen Houseman, I love Webb Kinney, and I love Shoshi. If I had to add a fourth, Anne Russell. Actually, no, Anne Russell would be in my top three. Swap Karen for Anne, because Anne um, was in the podcast last week. Not for long. It wasn't a full guest like Shoshi today. She sent me a voice note on how to tidy my bedroom. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It's the last episode. Also, if you haven't listened to that, fuck off. Why are you starting on episode three, you fucking weirdo? Probably because Shoshi's here. Listen, stop saying listen. It's getting annoying. It's annoying myself now. Um, I'm going to really try really hard not to say listen. I can't help it if I say listen in the interview because I've already recorded that and the past is the past. Um, uh, but I, I, um, I'm very excited for her to be here. I'm not exactly sure how I thought it would go because I, I have never had a guest on this podcast. If you remember, I have mentioned it a few times, but I, this podcast, there used to be about seven episodes last year or so. And I deleted them all because I was, why did I say that like that? And I deleted them all, um, I deleted them all because I was, um, uh, I was not feeling happy, <laughs> um, but, um, I've got some, I was just about to say, listen then, and I stopped myself, but I've got someone here today that is all about positivity and she genuinely actually had some really good advice. And by the way, she's lovely. She's so nice. Um, so I'm excited to have her on here. First guest. I, she loved talking to her, did not love editing it. It took me three days. So um, bear that in mind when you're leaving your like on the podcast and your review. I never ask this because I feel like I shouldn't be asking people. But if, you've, if you're listening on Spotify, if you follow the podcast and press the little bell, you get notified when I post one. It's every Sunday. But um, 
you get notified when I post one and um it gets the it get it get for some reason the algorithm only really takes notice of like reviews and follows and notifications ons. I don't know how to phrase that and people pressing the bell. Hey, let's not make an innuendo. Um but please do, because I never ask. I feel like this is gonna be the only time I ask. But please, I'm desperate here. And I want to get sponsored. I want money. For those of you listening that don't know Shoshi, um, hold on, let me put my phone down. It might make some noise. Um, I have got some... I've just go- given her a quick Google. Uh, I'll, I can tell you all about her. I've come across a website of hers. Um, it says... Shoshi Wynn Stanley Brown, your life, your style. Actually, maybe I don't read this first. Let's give some insight into who she actually is first. Um, Let's look at her LinkedIn. Oh, she has a LinkedIn. Oh, it's telling me to log in and I do not have a LinkedIn account. Um, Hello. Okay, I can't find anything that actually just sums up who she is. So basically, she's a TikToker. She does fashion videos, she does positivity videos, meditation, uh, makeup. I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen her do any makeup videos, but I assume she does. Um, So, let's... Ooh, interesting. Let's look on her website. This says, Shoshi Wynn Stanley Brown, your life, your story. I am me. That is quite possibly the simplest and most evident sentence possible in any language, but is also possibly the most actively misunderstood and misused. I'm an authenticity coach and style coach. This is why she's brilliant for this podcast. Hello, have you read the title? We are just being ourselves here. That title obviously is kind of a joke, um, but today it's not. It's not at all, because she actually, after speaking to her, I was like, empowered. I was like, do I, hello? Like, do I go sort my life out? Um, she was like, no, kidding. Um, she did not say that before anyone starts to think that she does. By the fucking way, if any of you hate on this woman, I will find you and I will kill you. Um, okay, I have found a section on her website that says uh, my story. So I might just have a read of that before we get to the interview. If you want to skip to the interview, um... I don't care necessarily, but I will find you and I will kill you. Who am I? My name is Shoshi. I'm queer. I believe in individuality and self-expression. I use my style to express my authenticity. I did all the normal things. I went to uni. I worked in full-time employment. By the time I finished uni, I knew being able to feel like myself meant everything. I just wanted to feel like me. She is so perfect for this podcast. What a brilliant first guest to bring to the pod. Um, I feel like without further ado, I should introduce Shoshi Win Stanley Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, Shoshi Win Stanley Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my first ever guest to the pod. Uh, legend of TikTok positivity, TikTok royalty, if you will. Um, Guys, it's Shoshi Win Stanley Brown. Hi, Bobby. Hello, Shoshi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thank you for having me on here. You are so welcome. So my first question for you is, mm-hmm. do you think an outfit can be pink and oh, intense? Oh, God. <laughs> so I suppose the simplistic answer to that question would be yes. Okay, but good. to be honest, it was taken, that phrase was taken totally out of context. I mean, I have really? a lot of people who use that phrase you know, with me and I don't blame them at all for using it because I know I coined it by accident. <laughs> um, 
but honestly, honestly, I really, I really wish it hadn't been coined. I, I really, really do. Like, it was taken out of context. So essentially, um, the the phrase was originally supposed to refer to the fact that it's possible to sort of dress androgynously or in yeah. a way that's sort of androgynous or individual or different. And to still actually wear pink, that pink doesn't actually have to be feminine. But I think that it was taken i think it was really misunderstood and so people just now think that i'm really girly so i really feel that the phrase is not a reflection of me at all so whenever anyone says it i oh find it really cringy i'm really, really cringy really? every time um yeah <laughs> well look listen i was going to title this episode getting pink and intense with shoshi win stanley brown but i feel like that's off the cards <laughs> <laughs> um but uh i didn't think it was cringy i thought it was um I don't know. I, 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 I was obsessed with it when you posted it. I used to say it all the time, but I mean, I can understand why having a catchphrase pelted at you every day gets a bit boring because I can see why. I mean, if I said something that then suddenly everyone would say to me all the time, I would start to find it cringy. So I understand what you're saying. But that sort of leads me on to my next question, which is like, do you, does it ever sometimes feel like people are making fun of you in a way? And like, how would you, would you even deal with that? Because I can't imagine being on the receiving end of that. And I mean, it happened with the candle thing, that video where you just posted you opening a candle and everyone went mental about it. And obviously the pink and intense thing. Mm -hmm. So like, how is that for you as a person rather than just somebody that's making videos on TikTok? So I, I find the way that you phrased it really interesting. Does it come across that people are making fun of mm. me? I, I mean, I... I I know that these things can can sometimes be subjective, but I don't think that it could be argued that there are a lot of people that are, who are making fun of me. I don't think it's a question of, you know, do, do I perceive it as people making fun of me or does it feel that way? I mean, it is that way a lot of the yeah, time. I mean... The candle, again, was just another accident. Um, I think with the video that's been labelled as Pink and Intense video, that pe a lot of people actually did like the fashion in that. They liked the uh, transition. Hello, yeah. I, I know that a lot of my videos have been liked and have gained popularity because of the transitions. Um, but the candle was pretty much mostly, I mean, a lot of the, I mean, of course, it's like uh, when you get likes, when you get a lot of likes, obviously mm. that does spike it. But I would say yeah. that there was a lot of hate on that video. And I, I don't think that was my perception. I think that was just how it was. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, um, the toxicity level on TikTok is ridiculous because people would just think that they can get away with murder on there. It's all kids my age that just think that they can say whatever they want because it's in comments. People are horrible on TikTok and I think that what you're doing is great because you just kept going with it. Um, so, I mean, how did it make you feel? In answer to the question, does it bother me? I mean, I suppose mm. on occasion I've worked really hard on not allowing it to bother me. Um, well, I think yeah. it bothers me more that people might not be understanding where I'm coming from or that they might not um, that they might not be on my channel for the right reasons and of course mm. there's some of that and you're always going to get some of that I think those types of things bother me more and um, the thought that I'm not being taken seriously that yes. I, I wouldn't say that I'm not being authentic because I'm definitely being authentic but that oh, people aren't sure. necessarily seeing me for sort of seeing me for the fullness of who I am those types of concerns are things that worry me more rather than the actual hate because when it comes to the actual hate and the really negative comments that I get, and believe me, there are a lot of them at the time. Um, I mean, at no, times, it's awful, really. uh, that it's something that I've worked really hard on. You, know, I've done so much work within myself, and so much work. <laughs> well, yeah. L let me ask you, like, how you overcome it personally, because it is a very big thing to sort of just. I don't know. I mean, it's obviously part of the job, but 
it's it shouldn't be really so yeah what do you do i think it's really important to differentiate between the concept of you know do i feel that somebody is mocking me you know when Mm. when they make jokes about these things and the fact that they actually are because the reality of you know the the reality of the matter is that people are mocking and i do think it is worrying that people think that that it's okay you know i would worry about other creators especially younger creators because i came into this knowing what it was you know knowing what it can be like on social media knowing what it can be like online mm. knowing that i was putting myself out there but i would worry about younger creators dealing with this mm. right well yeah listen charlie d'amelio i hope you've got a pen and a pad um no let's move on because i don't want to just talk about your hate because you have hundreds and thousands of people that are obsessed with you hello i'm here I'm one of them. I'm one of the hundreds and thousands. Um, I want to talk about your positivity content, obviously, because that's a big part of your channel. And I just want to know, um, well, I want to know how someone like you that only really posts about positive things somehow still manages to get people hating them because it's an interesting concept. Like, how is it? It, it just goes to show, basically, that people will just go after anyone for no reason. Um, but let's talk about your positivity content because I'd like to know how you got into it and move away from the bad stuff because you there is a lot of good stuff with your content that's a really interesting question oh, yes, probably thanks. with a fairly deep answer as well to it actually um mm. so and i actually there were various parts to that answer i don't think i got into it for one reason but there were probably a few mm. so i would say that I wasn't always that positive. Um, okay. I mean, I think I was in some ways. I mean, I always, I always turned up with a smile on my face. Uh-huh. But I would say that it was more that I really struggled to deal with my emotions when I was younger. When I was in my teenage years, I found, I found it really difficult to deal with my thoughts and my emotions. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it wasn't necessarily an easy thing for you to get into in a way I felt like I literally had no idea how to do it like I Mm. I just didn't know everyone else it was always like everybody else seemed to know something that I didn't (laughs) um I often had I guess what we would now think of as intrusive thoughts yeah um what what I always termed overanalyzing um something would happen or I would get a thought and then I would feel the need to take it to its conclusion yeah and that would sort of mean fighting with my own brain. And I thought that if I fought with my own brain enough and told myself, no, no, that's not going to happen or, you know, that it's not going to be that way. I thought that I would actually be able to calm it. But actually what I would end up doing was kind of going down a rabbit hole yes. and creating, um, sort of making it worse and creating a <clears throat> a really, really anxiety-inducing scenario. Mm. So, like, I mean, what did you do? So... I literally ended up feeling like I was basically at the mercy of my own brain. And, you know, I, I could I could literally sit there in perpetual sort of, you know, fighting with my, yeah. with my own mind for, you yeah. know, for God only knows how long. Hmm. And this, I, I guess this, this caused a lot of problems. Like I had no idea how to deal with certain emotions. I found it incredibly difficult. Um, and I'm now at the point where I'm... I suppose looking at thinking that I'm probably neurodivergent and I'm looking into that. But basically that was what it was like for me when I was younger. Um, so that's sort of the first part. So bear with me on this. Okay. The second part is that I was really, um, I got to a point when I was at university where I sort of started to become interested in the idea of spirituality. I thought that it was yeah. important for me, but I also had absolutely no idea where to go with it like I I didn't know what I believed I didn't know what I thought Mm. but it was something that I I felt like I wanted to look into but for a long while it just it just sort of sat there and I didn't really do anything about it 
but you I mean you must have ended up doing something about it because you're very a very spiritual person now I feel like so what happened so when I was in my early to mid-20s I actually started to look into sort of spirituality for me and at the time I was looking into spiritualism Mm. um and so so that was kind of where I started uh but I I wouldn't label myself or anything but that was where I started at the time and I that was how I started getting into um that was how I started getting into like uh, meditation and things like that and I, I also mm. at the same time was looking into personal development and self-help okay so like what what was the overall sort of outcome from it what did you learn from doing those things I found that understanding the way that my mind works and the way yeah. that my emotions work and how that affects the other parts you know how that affects the other parts of my life mm. and <clears throat> also learning how to how to deal with that how to deal with my emotions was I mean realizing that I could actually do something about it has a ma- had a massive effect on me. Yeah, I always thought there wasn't anything that I could do in in a lot of ways. I, I think I, when I was younger, I just used to think that the best thing I could do was sort of fight again, fight with my own brain, and then that actually ended up making it worse. And I didn't realize that I had any other options. I didn't, you know, the thought that I could meditate and let go of thought and bear in mind that I'm not someone who meditates easily like I the thought of me meditating was not something that you would that you would have thought of when I was younger because I was not the sort of person who was able to sit still or be calm mm, but I mean I've I've seen you meditate on your TikTok you your you do videos about how to meditate and stuff like that so there must have been a point where you worked out sort of what to do with meditation so what did you do so realizing that you know, so, so I, I definitely wasn't a natural meditator yeah. but at the same time I was someone who really needed it and I often think that's the case that people who are not natural meditators my mind was going all of the time really fast all of the time and so I was definitely not a natural meditator but that was why I needed it and the thought that I could actually let go of thoughts because I was so used to having intrusive thoughts um the thought that I could actually find a way to let them go was absolutely incredible to me. And that had a yeah. I had a really massive impact on me. Well, good. I mean, I used to have this crazy stepmom who would meditate. So I've always had a strange perception of it. But you do make it sound like fun. So there's obviously people out there like me that view it ne- not necessarily in a weird way, but in like a, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it really, but do you have advice for people that want to get into it but are maybe embarrassed about it or, you know? Honestly, I just say start off slowly and go easy with yourself. And I, I mean, I yeah. think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they meditate is they they meditate and they think this really is what I think is probably the biggest mistake. They criticize themselves. So oh, yeah. the idea of meditating, I suppose, is to let go of thought. And I think what often happens is people go into it thinking, right, I'm, I'm going to meditate. I'm not going to have a single thought. <laughs> and obviously it takes practice like anything else. And so as soon as you start thinking, I think what can happen is you end up yeah, I think a lot of people end up um, sort of criticising or, or berating themselves uh, yeah. for thinking and, you know, sort of getting really frustrated with themselves for thinking. And that, that obviously defeats the object of meditation because the whole point of meditation is that you're you're trying to let go of thought let in go, order yeah. to feel good. Yeah, and exactly. so if you're so if you're then criticising yourself, you're, you're kind of defeating the object. Mm. So, like, I mean, for those people that do get thoughts like that or, as you put it, intrusive thoughts, what? What should they do? What you really want to be doing when you do have those thoughts, especially at the beginning, and you know it happens. I still get thoughts. I think the oh my aim God, really Queen of Meditation is to still gets thoughts let like go that. of as many <laughs> thoughts as possible, um, and get to sort of that 
you know that neutral space as much as you can but yeah. I, what you really want to be doing when you do get get thoughts is just is just letting them go and not trying to have an emotional reaction to it or not trying to criticize trying you know without trying to criticize yourself for it Okay, I can try not to criticise myself. <laughs> I'd also say start small. I mean, yes. you don't like. I would go now. I would probably do very long periods of meditation. You know, maybe twenty minutes, half an hour upwards. But you can you can start small. And I think, especially if you're really struggling to let go of your thought, I think it it's probably a good idea maybe to have almost like almost if you split it into two minute or three minute periods, because then I think it's much easier to focus. I think it's much easier to focus that way on trying to let go of, th- of thought if you know it's going to be a shorter period of time. Yeah, okay, that's, that sounds like good advice. I mean, so, listen, I, I, I will, maybe I will take your advice. I, I mean, if I should be taking meditation advice from anyone, it would, of course, have to be you. Um, let's talk about the, just the positivity that you've gained in general because you do have such... You do have a huge fan base. I love you, which I know I've said a few times. I've actually been following you since you had 30k, fun fact. Oh, wow, okay. So you you have been following me for a while, 30k, mm-hmm. huh? What am I at now? I think I'm at about 230 yeah, at the moment. Yeah, like 230, um, I think. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, realistically, I just... I get I get so much from it in so many different areas, but I, I definitely get a lot just from knowing that I can be myself and knowing that putting that content out there is actually going to help people or impact people in some way well so as a whole this whole experience for you like coming from nothing to now having you know over two hundred thousand followers and people that love what you're doing what have you learned what have you gained again i know i just asked that but you know honestly i feel like i've gained so much from building a following but to be honest i think the biggest thing that i've gained from it is realization is that is realizing that i was actually capable of doing this i mean i've mm-hmm. i've mentioned this a few times on tiktok i don't know how many people have seen it um Probably. but i have mentioned it pass- in passing a few times it was a year and four months of trying it on and off before i got anywhere like i'd literally been on that platform for about a year and four months and i hadn't gotten yeah. past about 450 followers really you know, I'd been, I'd been working, I'd been working on my own thing for such a long time, trying to get myself off the ground in some way. Mm-hmm. Social media was one of the things that I had tried. I tried YouTube as well, also gotten absolutely nowhere, and that takes a lot of time. Oh yeah, and YouTube. You know, does. I kept, I kept doing things, and then thinking, no, this isn't working, and doing something else, and thinking this isn't working, and then in January, I decided um, that I was really going to try TikTok. Oh, okay. I, I, whoa, I don't know what just happened to me, but I, I heard that you also quit your job to pursue tiktok full-time is that true or have i made that up so that's not completely accurate about the job thing i mean i i left my job several years ago because i knew i wanted to pursue my own thing Uh and i wasn't sure exactly what i wanted that to be and i you know i tried various things at at the time you know i had my focus at the time and then that that sort of changed um yeah and i mean it it took me i i went through i went through various periods realistically of trying to get various things off the ground and failed basically until i found tiktok okay except things didn't suddenly get off the ground when i found tiktok but until i i suppose you know i jumped around on various things and i think i 
you know, maybe I wasn't consistent. And I did mention that earlier that, you know, I, mm. I thought, oh, I'll do this. And then when I wasn't seeing results, I thought, yes. no, this isn't going to work. And then I just switched yeah. to something else. Yes. Um, but when I really knuckled down on TikTok, that was when things changed for me. Mm-hmm. So there's not much truth to that, basically. I don't know where I heard that. It is true that I wasn't earning at that point, And I suppose oh, okay. that was a pressure and that was a difficulty. Yeah, I and imagine, I, yeah. I managed it. But, you know, I sort of hung in there, I hung tight mm-hmm. and things, you know, things did, they did work out. Get better, yeah. Which, of course, is a little bit simplistic um, mm. because I don't want necessarily to make it look like, you know, things suddenly happen when you have a following. To a certain mm-hmm. extent, they might, you might get opportunities come to you, but you also have to reach out and sort of make decisions, uh, make decisions about it as well. Yeah. Okay. So basically I was wrong. Um <laughs> So it started off slow, but you ended up getting there in the end. When did you realise that it was something that you could actually pursue rather than something that you wanted to do? I came across a mentorship programme and that was basically what, prompt, what prompted it, essentially. Oh, OK. Um, so I really decided that I was going to commit to it, you know, at least for you know, at least for a month or so. And that I was really going to try, that I was going to give it literally everything that I had. And I was creating and posting at that time about six times a day. Mm. And it was really interesting because there's a phrase, and I can't remember who coined this phrase, but there is someone who, there's a really well-known phrase out there that says, if something along the lines of, if you do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, that's basically... That's basically madness. Yes. That's basically the definition of madness. And I really felt like that was what I was doing. You know, I was getting no more than barely over 200 views for, you know, any videos. And this was about 40 videos back to back. But I just, I felt something like that. It was almost like there was something inside me that was telling me to keep going. Hmm. And I did. And eventually I did something that took off. And so I think that's, going back to your question, I think that's actually the, the biggest thing that I gained from it in a way, was realising what I was capable of and mm-hmm. re- realising what was possible. Yeah. Realising that I had so much more, not even ability and capability, but but realising that we in general as individuals have so much more capability to create our own reality than, than we might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lovely way of putting it, I think. And it showed me that when things look really bad, when it looks like you have no opportunities, that you might literally be a a tiny step, a minuscule step away from everything changing. Because I yeah. was. Yeah. I was. And it looked like I wasn't. Like, I was nowhere. It literally looked like I was nowhere. Like, I could not get over barely over 200 views for anything it looked like I wasn't getting anywhere there was no gradual progression at that point Mm. but then suddenly I did something and it changed exactly you gained so much so quick as well so I think the confidence and the belief in life is a huge thing that I got from it firstly Mm. but honestly it's so many things I mean working in the way that I do means that I can work in my own way and Mm -hmm. that is a huge thing that I really wanted to accomplish yeah yeah like you said but also just the fulfillment that I get from being able to be completely myself I mean it's an incredible thing to be able to (laughs) express yourself and be yourself and put that Mm -hmm. out there and have other people relate to it and have other people get something positive from it Mm mm-hmm I mean, what a brilliant place to finish off. You said the title of the podcast in your closing statement. Come on. Thanks. Thank you for having me on here. Stop it any time, honestly. Well, listen, thanks for having me on here. Bye, bestie. Bye. Take care. Ah, best woman ever. I love her so much. Show she, show she, show she, show she. Well, there you have it, guys. Some brilliant advice from a brilliant person. Um... 
genuinely a very good first guest to have and I'm very happy to have her. Oh, I'm actually exhausted from editing all of that. That's why I'm talking so quietly. I've been yawning, I've been stretching, and I'm about to be sleeping. Um, Thank you for listening this far if you did listen this far. I don't know why I always fucking say that. Obviously, you've listened this far if you're hearing this. Um, Unless you're skimming. In that case, <laughs> stop skimming. Um, I did not like what just happened to my voice then. Oh, I like what's happening now, though. Raspy. Um, I do want to say... Before I finish, um, there's a bit in the interview where Shoshi mentioned possibly being neurodivergent and I didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say because I don't, I mean, I'm not necessarily the person to talk about that. Not because I, not because I don't want to talk about it, but I'm not as educated on it as maybe I should be. Maybe I need to do some more learning on that. But I did find a video of Shoshi explaining it in her own words. So I'm going to edit that in now and just let, let's hear what she has to say about that. Because obviously, if it's her story with that, see what I mean? That's why I shouldn't talk about it. Me saying that. Um, like, let's let, let, just listen to how she puts it, because she puts it very well. So I haven't mentioned this in a while, and I was going to wait until I'd gotten tested, but I mean, I was talking about it previously, and I thought it might be good for people to be aware of this. And I remembered that all of the positivity that I got when I did speak about it previously. I also realised that a lot of my followers probably don't know this at all, because the videos are so far back. So I strongly suspect that I'm autistic, um, and I, I mean, I've strongly suspected it for a long time. I have a lot of friends who are autistic, I watch a lot of content on autism, and when I started watching content specifically about women with autism, I was like, this literally explains my entire life, like all of the struggles, all of the things that I seem to have problems with when I was younger that other people around me didn't seem to relate to. This seems to explain like my entire life. And obviously this involves so much more than I could possibly tell you in one TikTok, but some of the things that you might see uh, that might relate to it in some way are the sort of, I often have a lot of facial expressions, so I have people saying, why do you smile all the time? You're constantly smiling, it must be fake. No, no, I just, I am a very smiley person. Like, I constantly have lots and lots of facial expression. The hand movements, I tend to be very expressive and I use my hands a lot. Of course, a lot of people do. I'm not saying that everybody who uses their hands is autistic, obviously. Um, I'm just saying that that's also something that might relate. Like The way that I hold my hands, I often hold my hands here and I stop in sort of what probably looks like very unusual positions. I stop with my hands just randomly like this. The excitement about sensory stimulation. So I, I'm sure a lot of you remember how badly mocked I got just from literally I mean I don't even know just literally just from smelling a candle so when I smelt the candle I got really really mocked but I just thought that the set the smell and the way that it felt for me from a sensory perspective was so incredible and so it was so intense and I got so much out of it and you know I really wanted to share it uh, but a lot of people thought that that was mock worthy and obviously these are just the small things that you might notice, you know, they don't include the other many, many, many things that I experience that have led me to, that have led me to suspect that are all probably related to this. So. <laughs> there you go guys, this has been fun, no? Um, if you thought it was fun, thanks. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go, I'm actually gonna go and read Shoshi's website, the bit about her story, because, I mean, I probably should have done that before, I didn't realise she had her website, um, 
but I'm kind of more obsessed with her than I ever have been just because she's come on here um and I'm also gonna go and read some more about what it means to be neurodivergent because I feel genuinely awful that I couldn't think of anything to say but to be fair I mean she did I don't think she necessarily wanted me to go into the details of it and she has gone into it into the details on her tiktok go follow her on tiktok at talk swb um i assume everyone that's listening to this already follows her um and thanks for listening this has been fun love you shosh bye guys (laughs) 